We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Uncontested Weekly Show, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. I'm your host for the night, J.D. Silva, joined by several fellas, one of them being Jacob Niffitt. What's up? Another one of them being Taylor Peterson. I have a fun, uh, quick story related to the Thunder. So, at work... Yeah, like that. I know. It's shocking. The past couple of years, it's been okay. Don't put me under the gun like that, Jacob, <laughs> giving me a seconds. Um, so the past couple of years, it's been like me talking thunder. Everybody at work's like, meh. <laughs> this year, like I, I was walking into my year end review with my supervisor, and the majority of it was spent with my supervisor and, man- and manager just talking thunder basketball. So uh, the hype is real. People are excited. Very. And one final fella, Nick Crane, with a strange energy tonight, it seems. I have not done my performance review, but Taylor, it sounds like yours went really well. Congratulations. It did. It did. Again, I mean, it was just, you know, so many positives and things to talk about. It. We just talked under basketball because, you know, Another no negatives to talk about with this guy. CEO coming through. <laughs> um, it's It could be a strange one tonight for those of you tuning in live. There are things that are out of my control that may happen at some point i don't know what they are um, i mean things really went off the rails when nick jumped on and crimson and cream so it's uh, strange boomer sooner um <laughs> before we get totally into this episode be sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts follow us on youtube watch us on youtube hit us up in the comments ask us questions have some discussions and leave us a five-star rating if you have not done so already you can find us on twitter instagram facebook tiktok not threads Maybe X. That's it. We're here, boys. We're going to talk about a lot of things. But we have some shout-outs to make first. And Jacob has uh, a mysterious plan. (laughs) You're muted, by the way. 
I'm pulling a Taylor over here. <laughs> Apologies. Shoutouts are in order. Um, if you have ever watched the live stream and hung out in the chat with us, uh, you've ever interacted with us on Twitter, you've probably seen uh, uncontested super fan, our guy Meek Leak, uh, always in the chat, always hanging out with us. Well, Meek listened to our podcast about a month ago whenever we did our annual bets podcast. It's one of my favorite pods every year. And some of our payoffs included uh, like eating or trying some delicacies from Oceana uh, over New Zealand, New, Ze- uh, New Zealand, Australia, et cetera. Well, the other day I come home from the house and Meek has mailed me a care package of a whole bunch of New Zealand treats. So I thought we could do uh, the uncontested box uh, uh, unboxing episode. Yes. To show what Meek sent. Um, but here's the thing. Is if I unbox this on the video, the people who listen to the pod version aren't going to see because the pod version is audio only. So, unbeknownst to him, I am recruiting one Nick Crane right now. Nick, as I display the product, you are going to describe what you see. That way our listeners at home know what's going on. Wow. You ready? I'm, I'm sure ready. First one is just Meek sent us this wonderful letter. We're not going to read it, uh, but it's got a very, very fancy back to it. Oh, look looks, at that. Looks oh. a lot like a letter, Jacob. This one does. Thank you. <laughs> Our first item up for display today. Itaya chili pepper sauce fire. It is some hot sauce. Probably make your try that. Why do you get all the cool stuff? I don't, I don't get a hold of this, this. stuff. Uh, we got, here you go, Nick. <laughs> Nestle reduced cream kiwi dip. Oh my so gosh! He has he has informed me that you use the, the reduced cream kiwi dip with the onion, onion soup. soup. Hey, and that's my job. Don't say what it is. It's onion soup for those on the audio edition. <laughs> um, and you put those two things together. Yeah, and you make like a dip. Uh, these <laughs> these look intriguing, Nick. Mallow puffs. Original bites. Those are probably good. Little chocolate, chocolate, chocolate covered uh, marshmallows. Many mouthfuls of delightfully fluffy indulgence. <laughs> that's a that's never a enough chocolate, and I can't wait to see more. <laughs> Great sounder, chocolate, chocolate chunk cookie time. Uh, big old cookie boys. It's kind of like a ripoff of the. The uh, McDonald's mascot, the purple one, but he's red. Yeah. Uh, what else do we got in here? Um, some here you go, Nick. This is fascinating. Pas Pasca pineapple lumps. Lumps. They're like chocolate covered pineapple lumps. We don't get a lot of lumps here in America. <laughs> uh, what else do we got? Here we go. We got uh, we got these. Oh. Oh, a chocolate bar. Wellington roasted coffee, coffee supreme. cream. And cranberry hazelnut and creamy milk chocolate. Whitakers. Whitakers. Who gets to eat all this? Uh, we'll figure that out. That, that sounds like you. So here, here's where Meeks was sending a lot of these for bet payoffs that mm-hmm. we had. This is one of those, I believe, Nick. That looks incredible. 
Coffee pops? That doesn't sound like a, a it's, bad I, thing. I'm pretty effect. sure, and me, correct me, I think that is like a Tim Tam equivalent. I think. Hmm. It might be. It might be. I don't think you know what you're talking about. <laughs> Being the New Zealand uh, expert I am in Australian Marmite. Marmite. I don't think I like that. That's I the Vegemite. The, the that's the Vegemite that, that Tommy R and I have. What is that? Our Vegemite. Vegemite. I'm a wheat mix kid. Says I can't remember Eddie. which. This is another one of my bets. Um, that's cereal, we, by the way. That's just yeah. dropping uh, a granola bar. They, and they, it cereal. looks just like a granola chunk. And but, from yeah. what I understand, the challenge is to eat one wheat bix bar dry and down the hatch in 30 oh. seconds. Oh. I really hope like I win that one. Challenge. It's the opposite. It's all dry instead of yeah. <laughs> It's like the cinnamon challenge. It's almost like the cinnamon yes, challenge. Yes, yes. <laughs> so shout out to Meek uh, for all the stuff. That's so uh, cool. Very so, good. So cool. Meek is a goat. Um, it's also, not cheap to ship either. So like, major shout out to Meek. Yes. We. Uh, I. I have some things to share as well. Um, I'm channeling my inner JD tonight, and I figured I would take over part of the podcast. Uh, you know, just for your general uh, like ship posting. Um, so here we go. I, I've made some memes that I would like to share with you all today. Oh my god! Uh, Nick, oh. you're you're still on the job. <laughs> oh wow, my god, that is uh, Rudy Gobert being choked out by what I believe is COVID. That would be correct. <laughs> what um, a moment! That is phenomenal. You made phenomenal that? work. Yes. <laughs> Graphic design is my passion. I didn't know you were talented. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. Um, my next one. I don't. I've, oh my god. <laughs> James Harden choking out the Clippers. Uh, will, will you explain to the listeners at home, Nick, uh, what the original photo is? You say choking out, but what is what is the photo? The original photo is Draymond Green choking out Rudy Gobert, and in this instance, Draymond Green's face is covered by James Harden, and Rudy Gobert's face is covered by the LA Clippers logo. Okay, uh, my next one would be, sorry, it takes a while to like close one out and get one open. Um, a lot of content comes from your, uh, your enemies duking it out. It's really how, how'd this that. one get in there? Oh what my the God. hell is this? Jacob choking out. <laughs> Jay De Silva. Sounds like wrong. a weird fantasy. Multiple levels. <laughs> Subliminal I think I have <laughs> two left. Amazing. Two left. Um, here is the next one. Uh, this one is, is is a pretty good one, I think. <laughs> what a segue! <laughs> Thunder choking out the Spurs. And my last one is definitely the most relevant one, the most important one. Shout out to my wife who uh, who cooked my this life. one up. Uh, she was like, hey, make this one whenever I was cooking these up on the couch. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Bally oh, Sports choking gosh. out Thunder fans. Are you going to tweet these major, out? Major shout should out. I, should, yeah. I, should, I, should I throw them out on the account? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Really absorb this moment. Um, I, I will do that right now while we continue the podcast. So shout out to Meek for the, the snacks. Shout out to me for the uh, God-tier meme shit posting. Uh, and that's what I got, guys. That is uh, extremely well done. 
extremely well done. Thank I you. I mean, giving Justin a run for his money there. I know. Well, who needs Justin in graphic Not design? Day, you got me. <laughs> well, uh, appreciate that, Jacob. Uh, we need to profit off of the demise of uh, two of your greatest enemies. <laughs> I don't have a Draymond sounder, do I? No. But Silva, play the other drop, please. As much as I hate Rudy Gobert, Jacob, I want to question real quick. Um, what are your thoughts on Draymond Green as a basketball player and a, a person? Uh, like two out of ten. No, no, that's not a description. Like, what are your thoughts on them? On him? Give us a sounder. Nick's trying Nick, to get a sounder out of Nick this. Nick wants okay? a sounder. <laughs> um, if I was in a room with Draymond. Adolf Hitler and a gun with one bullet. I'd be thinking a while. And then I'd probably shoot myself. We saw what happened in the room with that anymore. There's your sound, Nick. You happy? Uh, that was dark. Well, you all remember when, I, when we started this podcast, I said there was a strange vibe to this one. Well, the vibes are great right now. Here we, we are. are. And now we're going to talk about. The game from yesterday, where the Thunder were on national TV against Victor Wembanyama and the San Antonio Spurs, and uh, they kicked their ass. It was one twenty-three to eighty-seven final score. Uh, not a lot of Chet v Wemby, even though that's how it was advertised. But uh, I figured it'd be fun to talk about it. And if we learned anything, I have some big themes, but I want to open the floor a little bit to some broad thoughts about this. Jacob. Yes. Any major takeaways from you? You were there. I was there. Uh, Nick was there as well. Oh. Um, it took the Thunder like a quarter, quarter and a half to kind of find their footing. And then once they did, I mean, they just took them to the, to the shed. Like it was, Nick, I don't know mean? about you. I, I was incredibly impressed by what the Thunder did. They just beat the brakes off of the Spurs. Uh, specifically, like everybody wanted the Chet versus Wemby matchup. They barely guarded each other. Neither guy had a great game. But I, there, there's a few themes I think you can take from this. The defense was awesome. I mean, they could not get the ball inside to Wemby. The Thunder swarmed. I, I, I think the epitome of that is the Shea blowing up the alley oop there at the end of the quarter or the end of the half. Josh Giddy had the breakout game we were talking about that he needed to kind of get rolling. Um, I, I thought Josh was incredible. Nobody can guard Shea. I mean, he was making Sohan look like a little boy. And uh, the return of Kenrich Williams as well. Um, I thought he was wonderful. He he played great defense. He helps with the rebounding. He helps with the toughness, the tenacity. Uh, got into it with Zach Collins, which was really fun. Um, something was in the water last night in the NBA because everybody was fighting. Um, Wasn't just but, the NBA, Capitol Hill as well. In season tournament, man, it's competitive. I do but, like it. So th those are some of my my big themes. Uh, you guys can kind of riff off of those if you'd like them. I that was the first time I know you're probably looking for like thunder positives, but uh, that was the first time I've seen Chet like not have that dog in him. And we talk about, and I'm not talking about the whole game, but we always talk about how, like, guys drive in the lane and they think twice about putting up a shot and they, like, stop their dribble, kick it out, turn it over, dribble off their foot because Chet's presence. 
that was Chet with Wimby yesterday. There were multiple plays that against anybody else in the league, he's going at their chest, going right through them, shooting over them. There was a couple times where it was like overthinking. Not that he was like scared, but just like did not have that tenacity to go right through Wimby's chest. That was the first time I've ever seen that. There's probably not another guy in the league that he'll do that with, but I hadn't really seen that from Chet. And kind of surprising. I thought he would like intentionally go at him. Yeah. It, more force. He had seen a little timid there. I thought, especially there in the first half to your point, Nick, not even necessarily like again, like he wasn't necessarily being guarded by Wimby, but it was almost like he felt and him and Wimby both felt all the attention, all the hype about Wimby versus Chet, Wimby versus Chet, the, the rivalry begins. And it was like, he was very almost over aware, hyper aware of trying to make the right play, not make it all about him. We saw a lot of that in the, in the post game uh, availability. Nick, I'm not sure I, you might've gotten back on the road to head back. Um, but like neither of them mentioned the other by name. They, you know, deflected every question uh, about the, each other, like referring back to their team and their teammates, which is great. They're very mature, great team players, but I agree. It, it definitely seemed like the hype kind of got to each of them. I, I don't even know if that was Chet specific. I think it was both of them. It did. You mentioned Chet, like not trying to go through guys and, and playing a little bit different. I think offensively, maybe that's true. I thought defensively he was really good. What I noticed is like, Sometimes Wemby like doesn't get back down the court to play defense. He cherry picks a little bit. Like, not. I'm not trying to say like Wemby's a bad player or anything like that, but there's just lacks a little bit of like energy and and like. You know who the best coach for that there? is? Do what? You know who the best coach for that is? Greg Popovich. That is Greg Popovich for sure. I uh, just noticed a few things with that on Wimby, but man, what Shea did last night, like he is on, I, I tweeted it guys uh, late last night. He's averaging like 29, seven, six. And what is it like 2.8 steals a game or something like that leads the league in steals. And he's shooting 40% less free throws per game than he did last year. I did the math. As a history teacher, I did the math. 40% less free throws than he was last year. If that ends up evening out, I mean, the dude's like 53% in the field. That midi is, I mean, he broke Champagne off last night. That was, oh he had that dude gosh. stumbling like he was drunk at the club. I said that he was, it was like he was across the street at the, the Devin Holiday ice rink. Like, I mean, that man was on skates. Uh, yeah, I mean, he had him nearly falling over. He did that to Brad Beal the other night. I mean, he's been doing it to everybody. And it's it's just the efficiency. He had so many layups last night in traffic, blowing past Jeremy Sohan and just hitting, like, these little, like, very fluid in stride, like, little finger rolls off the glass. That's just, like, it looks so, so easy. It's, it's wild how good he's been. Um, I mean, I don't know what you do with it. Zach Lowe said on his podcast today, uh, I was listening to it while I was at the gym, that he thought Oklahoma City Thunder would win like 44, 45 games. <laughs> no wonder you hit your new max on the bench. There you go. <laughs> um, and he said, you know, I, I think that's too low. He said, I think the optimists are going to win out on this one. He's... He's incredibly high on OKC. Sample size, very small. Mm -hmm. Right? Got to preface that with everything. It's only been 11 games. That was pretty wild to hear. 
But man, that game last night kind of feels like one of those games that's just a catalyst where everyone finds their rhythm, finds their groove. I felt like especially Josh Giddy. I mm-hmm. I felt like a big reason why, and maybe this is me looking too much into it, but the return of Kenrich Williams felt like it kind of galvanized the team from a physicality and toughness standpoint. I always feel like his presence out there makes them stay locked in um, in that area longer than they normally would. You know, he's like the vet on the team. Dude's like a year older than me. It's strange, but um, I loved having him back, and I kind of forgot how valuable he was to the general mentality of the team. All the guys were like gassing him up in the post game afterwards. Like it's good to have uh, Unk back. Like it was awesome, and I thought he played great too. You're kind of like the Kenny Hustle of this podcast. You know what, Nick? You're right. <laughs> And I'm kind of like the Morty of this podcast. As I you are. Saying. You are. That's very true. <laughs> yeah, Kenrich is a game changer. Like, he is the he is the definition of you can't just look at the box score because he does way more than you can see on there. Like, he was, he was in the game for two minutes, and it was like a nine-point swing instantly. Yep. Dude, just energy, effort on both ends, productivity. I think him and Kaysen are like kind of mentor mentee situation. Um, I love it. Like whenever, whenever Kaysen had that alley oop, he was like screaming with him. And then when Kaysen had that steel dunk, it was like a there's an image. I don't know if you guys saw it where like Kaysen's cocking it back for the dunk, and in the background, Kenny's like ah. hyping him up. I think I think th- those two together are like the best pairing you could ever ask for. I love it. There was a lineup they ran last night. I think it was at the start of the second quarter, Nick. That was like Josh Giddy. Gosh, who I think Lou and Kaysen and Kenrich were all out there. And maybe Josh and Chet Vasa? or something like that. Do what? Maybe Vasa? Yeah, what it, I say? it was. It was. There was one player that was out there. I was like, it, 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 that's like exactly what it was. It was Vasa. It was Vasa with Chet. And I was thinking if and, and Shea had just played a lot, so he was getting rest. But I was I kept thinking if Shea's in that lineup, that is the ultimate defensive lineup for this Thunder team. I thought it was a lineup that had Lou, Kaysen, and Kenny in it or something like that. I don't know. Just the lineups that they can put out there, the all-defensive lineups, the all-offensive lineups, the Shea with shooter lineups. There's just there's so many different things. Kenny, I just think he's not the oldest guy on the team, but he's the vet. He's, like Silva mentioned, he's he's the yunk of the team. He He's the dad of the team. He's the one that goes out there, and if you mess with one of the kids, he's going to try to whoop your ass. That's what he tried to do to Zach Collins. Yep. You know, I think back to whenever Kenny pulled back and almost punched Rudy Gobert last year, and it still just brings a smile to my face. <laughs> and we'll see more of that this season. He, he just he brings a lot of that grit, I think, that this th- young Thunder team really needs. And we saw a lot of that on both ends of the floor, to your all's point. Speaking of that, I, again, kind of t- maybe tying Kenrich and his presence back to Shea and his performance. One thing before we just kind of gloss over Shea and his impact in his game, but ESPN sets and info had a pretty incredible stat that they tweeted out that kind of puts things into perspective with Shea. Uh, Shea had his fifth straight game with 25 points on 55% from the floor. That's the longest streak in Thunder franchise history. And you think about all the players that have come through here that we've been so lucky as Thunder fans get to watch. That's pretty phenomenal. Not only that, but obviously he did on the defensive end as well, setting a new career high with seven steals in the game on Tuesday. The seven steals for Shea were just phenomenal. He mentioned that play that he he blew up the the pass to Wimby there at the end of the half, Jacob. That led to the ridiculous uh, giddy, you know, fake behind the back 
pass to to Chet running in transition, just extremely fun. But as a whole, the Thunder actually set a new franchise high in steals with 19. And I thought the defense was just phenomenal. Again, a lot of that led by Kenrich Williams, Lou Dort, Kaysen Wallace, the, uh, the point of attack defense I thought was just phenomenal. But they, they played a pretty incredible defensive game last night. I think Queso had four stocks last night. That's right. I don't have the box score in front of me. But some of them, I mean, he was, Jeremy Sohan's got like four, five inches on Queso. And Queso was just bullying him. And I, I want to get your guys' opinion because people on Thunder Twitter agreed with me, but we were all high on the hopium last night. I mean, just straight into the bloodstream after that game. I tweeted it. I want your opinion. Again, I feel like I'm prefacing everything with it's a small sample, but it is, and, and we have to take that into consideration. But 11 games in, if you had to make like a list of 20 guys on the all-defensive team watch list, is Shea on the list? Because I think he's been phenomenal defensively. Like I have been Agreed. blown away at the engagement and the tenacity by him on that end of the court. Um. It, and people would say Lou deserves it more. I think Shea has more notoriety as a player, and people would look at it differently because of what Shea does offensively. But just some of the stuff he's doing, that that play where he blew up the Wemby lob just like sticks in my brain. There was another play, I think, in the third quarter where he got switched on to Devin Vassell like very early. Like I think they were full-court pressing. And he just denied Vassell for like 10 seconds. The, the Spurs didn't get the offensive set going until like 12 seconds left on the shot clock because they could not get the ball to Devin to start the possession. Just some of this, when he's locked in, I think he's really, really, really good defensively. And I think that's really come to fruition in these first 11 games, 10 for him because he sat one. I think he might be on that short list. I agree completely. Also, to, uh, to your point, Jacob, Kaysen did have two blocks and two seals each. Pretty impressive. Not to go back to Kaysen, but Shay's defense has been phenomenal. It's been good. I don't think he'd be top 20. I think he'd be top 30, 35. There's a lot I'm of definitely, good in this league. A lot. Yeah. I don't know all the names I would have on that list, but the fact that you're bringing it up and it's not like totally insane is a compliment to SGA, especially where he was two, even two seasons ago uh, from that end. I think the decision-making on defense has been a big improvement, especially this year. I think that's kind of how he's ended up with all these steals and blocks and being in the right place, right time. Like, that's all. League leader in steals. Right. Wow, that's insane. Um, which is really, really important for a team that plays so small all the time. So, um, hell of a guy to have out there. Like, he does a ton on offense and still can pick his spots on defense and be that impactful. And yesterday, like, just kind of handling his business all the time. Yeah. Another guy to handle his business. So I kind of was, I, I forget what, what I gave on the panic meter, maybe a two. It's my cat throwing up. Uh, Josh Giddy <laughs> was really good and confident last night. And there was a quote that I wanted to read that uh, Clemente Amansa on Twitter uh, posted that I think uh, was pretty enlightening. Uh, it's from Josh Giddy. says, quote, I think early on I was kind of hellbent on scoring the ball for some reason. I don't know what that was. I spoke with coach around that. We just kind of found ways to address that. Me as a player, I'm at my best when I'm making people better around me. And he was doing I that last that. night in, in, in a very like, confident way. He was kind of playing out of identity. 
and he's recalibrating and getting back to the basics, getting back to who he is, you know, and not just, I don't want to get all like philosopher here, but not just like on the basketball court, but in life, I think people go through stages where it's like, oh, I needed to be this or be that or do this better. When really you are who you are. And when you embrace that and, and you, you just roll with it, and you don't try to force other things, that's when you're at your best. And I feel like that quote, that's a very mature quote for a kid that just turned 21. Very much so. It definitely seemed like he was playing much more within the flow of the offense. Letting, letting the game come to him is something I've thought a lot about uh, over the first 10 games before last night. And it's exactly what he mentioned. Uh, I mean, just phenomenal. There was a play, shout out Alex, Alex Dr. Professor on Twitter, but he had a really good thread of one particular play. Let's see, I believe it was in, yeah, the third quarter with about eight minutes, 30 seconds left. Uh, Josh gets the rebound, starts to push it in transition, sees that they have a five on four fast break opportunity. He lobs a pass, almost like a quarterback. We use the quarterback comparison a lot with Giddy. Uh, he lobs it over Wimby to where Dort's going to be on the wing that causes Wimby to, you know, to commit to guarding Lou, uh, swings it back to Shea. Giddy gets the pass, drives down the middle of the lane, finds Chet for a backdoor cut after he draws another defender, like just elite level stuff from a 21 year old. Uh, really, really impressive. Josh, a lot of discourse about Josh and the Thunder community recently. Um, and outside the Thunder community. Apparently, they need to trade him for Daniel Gafford and uh, one of the Jones brothers <laughs> yeah. is, uh, is the value of Josh Giddy now. A couple of seconds, um, maybe Nick Laxton. <laughs> but that guy said trade Josh for, and firsts for Nick Claxton. And I was like, man, I don't know what drugs you're using, but shout out to your dealer because apparently yeah. that's some good shit. Um, I normally don't call people out, but like, if you're talking about trading Josh Giddy 10 games into the season... You don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> like, straight up. I love and passion, Nick. It's my favorite. Dumb, 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 dumb. Especially if you're, like, touting yourself as, like, someone that is uh, an expert on the draft in any way. Um, it's just unprofessional, you know? Like, don't don't say insane things off of a such a small sample size. So to put things into perspective, to that point, uh, this is from Thunder Muse, Stat Muse spinoff for the team. Uh, most games with at least 10 points, 5 rebounds, and 5 assists before turning 22. Number one was LeBron, two, Luca, three, LaMelo, which is kind of funny. But number four is Josh Giddy with 67 games. That's a, that seems really good. I'm not sure That's I would trade that player for That's Nick Claxton or Gafford. Josh, I'm saying this because it's like the first guy that comes to mind, and very little of his game translates to Josh. None of the personality translates to Josh. But when this team is at its peak, like let's say like three years from now. Offensively, I feel like Josh kind of plays the Draymond Green role. Just the guy that connects everything together. He's not the defender Draymond Green is. He's not the dumbass Draymond Green is. I, I can't see Josh putting anybody in a chokehold, although I would pay top dollar to see it happen. If Timothy Charlemagne would put somebody in a chokehold, <laughs> I would crack up. Um. And we did see him get hit in the nuts and go after uh, 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 who? Uh, Josh, I can't remember Josh, who it was. Josh now. Richardson, Edmund Santa Fe's own Josh Richardson. Um, so Josh, Josh can get a mean streak to him, but he's just—he's such a connector. I think it's going to work out so well for this team mm. long term. And we've preached it for the past three weeks. 
the dude started the season slow last year as well. But he's starting to come around again. The scoring shows up when he focuses on being a playmaker. Like it just naturally it shows up. up the then the, game, yeah. yeah, then the opponent is worried about him activating everyone else. So he has naturally more space to operate. It was just really nice. Hey, can I say something that is kind of crazy that we haven't talked about with this game yet? Yes. Rebounding. Yeah. Just That's the response. <laughs> just, when yeah. you're playing one of the worst teams in the league, I think you can kind of get away with... You know what Too I mean? Shame. Like it's it's It still felt like a shift in the right direction. I know the Spurs are bad. Yeah, they're bad. But no, you're I right. Credit, credit Kenny. 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 They, 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 and they play big. I mean, having Sohan at the one, Wemby and Zach Collins playing together on the front line. I don't think they won the glass battle, but like it, it wasn't a, an it wasn't a glaring problem. Yeah. Also shows the goes to show how effective they can be even if they do lose that battle. It's good to see. Uh, you know who else we saw last night, which was just nice, was Vasa Va, Baba Vasa Baba Baba Vasa. When is it? Did you Wait, say which, Vasava? It, it's both. <laughs> it's both. Mustafa. Mus- the Vasa like theater. Yeah, we saw Mitsich for like quite a while, and he looked pretty good. I think. I thought yeah. he played well, hanging out there with Kenrich. A little. He had. He should have had three assists in that. It was it the first quarter that he came in. Kaysen smoked the open layup off a really nice pass. Only shot he missed all game. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like a wide open one right at the rim. He wasn't um, expecting it. Do you guys think he continues to get more playing time? I I will say I don't think it's a coincidence that. Kenny gets healthy and Us goes to play some G League basketball. I know the G League's just getting started and they want Us to play like those home games that way he's not traveling a lot. But I don't think there was a coincidence there. No, no. I, I I don't to answer your question, do I think Mitic still plays more moving forward? I don't know because roster exploration. Uh, but I think he should. I think he should have been playing all along. Like he's he's impactful. He's good. Like he's a veteran. Players, you think maybe they're players. like trying to like really slowly ease him in. I, don't know. I, I almost think it's more to like what you were originally getting at, Jacob. Just the fact that like early on the season, let's get these young guys as much burn as possible. But be, because we know there's going to be already scheduled uh, opportunities where Us is going to the G League and playing, and Mitchich is, is coming in. <laughs> Comments are unhinged. Uh, I, 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 I think they the, kind of planned uh, this out. T-shirt idea. <laughs> was that Nick? That's absurd. Okay. Yeah, that was Nick. That was, that was good. We're seeing a different Nick tonight. In the multiverse. <laughs> all right. Uh, is that all for this game? Anyone have any closing statements for this one? First, fun. first mid-season tournament, W. Spurs got a one out if they got one of a chance to advance. Not feeling so great about that one. The Spurs are bad. Would agree. They didn't look great, even when they weren't healthy. They're fully healthy. I think Devin Vassell's good. Yeah. I'd love him He's in good. OKC. <laughs> All right. Sure you would. He, he and Isaiah Joe look incredible. Same haircut and everything. True. That's a yeah. good point. Similar builds. All right. Let's take a break. We're going to talk a little bit more about maybe Draymond Green. <laughs> I got the memes if you need them. You do. Be right back. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, we're back. Um, this this section can go a lot of ways. Uh, according to our outline, this section could go a lot of ways. We saw two of our greatest enemies duke it out last night, and it had an impact on the Thunder. So, uh, if you've been living under a rock, Draymond Green choked out uh, Rudy Gobert for roughly 10 seconds, middle of the game. The score was 0-0. That's um, the best part. Yeah. Why are they so pissed off at zero zero? Two it minutes, like thirty seconds into the game, it it didn't seem like Rudy Gobert was even really involved. Draymond just felt like choking out Rudy Gobert. <laughs> yeah, that was I... the best part. So, what was it? Jaden McDaniels and like Claire yeah. kind of like talking trash or whatever. They're mm-hmm. running down the floor, chirping at each other. Clay gets pissed off, like goes after uh, Jaden. Jaden like grabs his jersey or something. Kind of get tangled. That's when Rudy comes up. But then out of nowhere, Draymond like Superman's like out. Draymond Green off the top rope. (laughs) Full on WWE style and like comes out of nowhere and puts him in a chokehold. Like what the hell? I enjoyed seeing Warriors fans and Twitter personalities today try and justify Draymond's actions by saying he was trying to keep Draymond. Draymond being Draymond. What are you going to do? Whenever you guys were trying to de-escalate is uh, Jacob, whenever you were a, a teacher, previously did you de-escalate situations by putting um said individual in a chokehold and dragging them away uh i wish that could you <laughs> local teacher fired and it's just a, like a video on news nine of me with some poor son of a bitch in a chokehold that's trying to tap to, out it would probably be me in the chokehold and one of my students just slowly suffocating the life out of me um <laughs> It was a long chokehold, dude. Like, he put him in it, and he escorted him from, like, half court to the baseline. Guys, I think my favorite part of that, though, was Carl Anthony Downs in the background. Not doing shit. Just watching, no watching his man get the life choked out of him. It's like, <laughs> you gotta start a, you got to start a choke train there. Like, you got to get Draymond in the chokehold when he's got your guy in the chokehold. So his face when you just said choke train. <laughs> I mean, think, think Cat didn't do anything. <laughs> oh um, man, a lot yeah, of entertainment. Absolutely crazy. Uh, um, but to your point, Silva, that does have implications for this Thunder team later this week. It does, and we've already made our weekly predictions. And I was informed pre-pod that we cannot change our predictions. Um, so we're gonna all live with those results. But 
I bring it up because the Thunder play the Golden State Warriors Thursday. Yeah, Nick has Saturday. Nick has double losses against the Warriors. How are you feeling worse about that, Nick? No. We should also mention that Steph Curry had an MRI in his knee and he's out for Thursday's game. Possibly Saturday. This Possibly is the Saturday. NBA. This is one of those like, oh man, no, no Steph, no Draymond, mm. and then you lose. That's just that's just how it goes, man. But not twice. Twice. Knock on wood. So Draymond's just, spending you gotta five get the games. First one. You know Steph is out the first one. You gotta get the first one. <laughs> like, yeah. If they're gonna play Kaminga and pods 30 plus minutes each like you got to go get that game agreed completely i bring this up to say that the thunder have a realistic chance of being nine and four by the end of the weekend which currently pretty good seven and four right yep yep could get to ten and four who do they play after the warriors i'm checking uh second night of a uh, portland on a uh what, what do you call that when it's the next game on the very following night, Silva, one of your favorite words? Sega Baba. Sega Baba. I love it. We got to clip that. Sega Baba. Um, wow. 10 and 4, all of a sudden. Term. All of a sudden, 10 and 4 is not. Maybe no, even not as cute right now for the Blazers either. Again, second I have a back to back. Sorry. Sega Baba uh, scares me a little bit there uh, to Nick's point, especially after playing the Warriors twice. Like, I could see them like riding a high, beating the Warriors twice, and then. And Portland's a team that can hit the glass for sure. True. It's a good DeAndre well. Ayton might not do much right now. Uh, he's he's had a bad start in Portland. Uh, but he can rebound the ball. Maybe he's just bad. <laughs> Maybe. But no, you're right. He, he can rebound the ball. That's true. You said uh-oh? Mm-hmm. Shirt alert. Shirt alert. Shirt alert. Breaking, breaking news on the podcast. Justin, got a shirt alert. Justin's not on the pod because he's in the lab. Justin? This is incredible. Oh, my gosh. You guys want me to share it real quick? Yes. Yeah. This is phenomenal. Mid-pod mid ad read for the uncontested. New shirt just dropped. <laughs> Silva, we got a better sounder than Nick Boyce. Um, let's, see, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. They were buried. They were buried. Uh, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Putting them on uh, the spot. It is hot <laughs> and sexy and popping. Beautiful. Uh, the Thunder World Tour shirt. Zoom in. Those are tour dates. Inspired by our, uh, I would say, mini viral tweet of the Thunder Court with all the future draft picks. This shirt says the Thunder World Tour presented by the Uncontested Podcast. And it's got every draft pick that the thunder have for the next seven years on it uh but they look like tour dates on a concert shirt if you would like to get this uh wonderful collector's item or any of our other shirts for yourself or for whoever in your family needs thunder gear for the upcoming holiday season head up cottonbureau.com and search the uncontested that's c-o-t-t-o-n uh how do you spell bureau B-U-R-E-A-U dot com. History Search teacher, folks, not English. I will post the link in our chat because I didn't do it on Sunday, and now I'm being redeemed. This shirt is dope. This is <laughs> so amazing. Cool. Shout out Justin, man. Maybe so we good. Maybe even though with my wonderful Photoshop skills, we still need Justin uh, 
He probably heard you say that and was like, you know what? You know what? (laughs) F this guy. Get in the lab. All right, sorry. We can return to our previously uh, scheduled programming of talking about the Warriors and Chokeholds. Real real quick aside, the Bulls just fell. Fell? As in lost to the Magic. We can talk about them in a little bit. Paulo Paulo buzzer beater or game winner, I believe, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. You know this is all the Thunder's fault, right? Yeah. We, we made him made him made him need a team or players only meeting after game one. Now now Zach's uh, on the trade block and DeRozan ends up who knows where maybe retires. Caruso back to OKC. That's yeah. right, bring him back. OKC blue legend. I would say back when he had hair, but I don't think he had hair back then either. And it wasn't the blue back then either. I think it was the probably the shit. Sixty sixers. Sixty sixers. Almost. No, it wasn't that long ago. Are you sure? I think it might have been. I don't don't think. I I think. I think Nick and I I watched him in Tulsa. Let's talk about the upcoming schedule. (laughs) (laughs) What a podcast! What a podcast! This is us at our best. This is what happens when JD hosts. Things just go off the rails. Yeah, and I'm looking at our Google Doc now, and it is just a nightmarish. (laughs) Scene. You're the one that put it together. I didn't put what's on there now together. Oh god. Said, I don't know. Everything very Silva-esque uh memes that we have going on. I actually don't have anything else to add, uh, other than I just wanted to point out that the next two games became much more winnable all of a sudden, and nine and four would feel good. Ten and four would feel better. Actually, so kind of tying this all together with some actual basketball talk. Uh I mean, imagine that. Taylor bringing us all together here, <laughs> honing it in. It's my my specialty here on the podcast. <laughs> but I don't know if it was Jacob or if it was Nick who tweeted this out last night, but the 7-4 record for, uh, through the first 11 games for OKC is the Thunder's best since, like, when was it? 2013? Best start since 2013? 2013, 2014. It's been a decade since That's, they started this well. Seems good. Seems a lot really of good, good players have been on this team in the last decade. This yeah. is the one that has the best start in a decade, starting a rookie, a second-year player, a third-year player, and a 24- and a 25-year-old. You're telling me Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, Paul George, Carmelo Anthony, and Chris Paul have come through these doors in the last decade and have not had a better start. That's exactly what I'm telling you. That's that's kind of wild when you put it in perspective. Wild. Very much so. And uh, that's a good primer for our next segment uh where we're going to be checking our general temperature of young players and how they stack up against each other but we need to take another break first so let's do that now while you're on the break go to cottonbureau.com yes all right back from the break it's time for our young player temperature check i'll be asking you all questions stacking two young players against each other some thunder, some not. And we're just going to riff and see where we end up on these. Is it, so we have a, like a temperature gauge, or are we just choosing one over the other? Choose one or the other. One or the other. Yeah. You don't need to bring like hard evidence. It's a vibes-based decision currently. We're gonna That's do... a, exactly what I was going to say. I pulled up the doc yeah. earlier. I'm like, okay, yeah. I need to do a little homework. I'm going to get some stats going, yeah. you know, make it don't seem need... like I know what I'm talking about. No, this is purely vibes. More, just like more, this podcast. More first take without being totally toxic. Right. I love it. Um. We're going to say, who would you rather have, this player or this player? And then I'm going to ask you, what about in five years? So let's start 
with a thunder. Are we first. all going, or are, is this, are these assigned different people? Um, so I'm gonna ask an individual, and then you can kind of okay. give your your thing. And if someone want, like disagrees, like maybe Nick disagrees, wants to give you a kick in the balls, you can do that afterwards. But we just you know, never disagreed. I want to spend more than a couple minutes on these. Okay, Jacob, you're up first. Oh boy, we have Jaron. Who would you rather have? Jaron Jackson Jr., Triple J, or Chet Holmgren? This is right now? Yes. Like, who do I... Pr- uh, this is difficult. It's who like, would you rather have? Right now, for this season. You get to also answer in five years after this. So like, you can Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right now, it's very close. I'm going to be the homer and say Chet, but you could easily argue Jaron. Um, Nick's gonna disagree with me. I'm ready. Five years, I think it's Chet, no question. I think it's Chet, no question, in five, but Jaron's damn good today. Jaron's really good. What if you could get them both on the same team, Nick? <laughs> this is not the exercise. <laughs> I'm just trying to pull a Nick over here. <sighs> Chet's so we much know, more. We know what Taylor's gonna say. He's so much more versatile offensively he's already showed that in his first year playing second year in the league whatever you want to call it uh triple j is amazing in terms of his defense his room protection got defensive player of the year i get it obviously can hit the three but like check can do so much more in terms of creating already yeah so situation. homer and me is going chet now and chet later situation plays a pretty chet big later, part maybe. i think and we can't really get into the whole nuance for this segment but like Chet's in a much better spot. Like there are people that can activate his abilities more. But I agree. Chet in five years, probably I'm probably go Jaron Jackson as an individual right now. But five years, yeah. All right. Imagine what Jaron Jackson could do if he didn't have to listen and warm up to R and B. God. Um, Taylor, you're up next. Well, okay. Do you guys want to do Thunder? All the Thunder ones, and then all the league wide ones. Or do you want you to do what it, you're the host. You do whatever you want, Silva. What do I want to make? T- no, I want. Okay, I want Nick to do this specific one. I'm just gonna jump around. How about that? Um, okay, Taylor. Here's a fun one: Jalen Williams, J Dub, or Darius Garland. Interesting. Uh, I I feel like such a homer, but I just like Garland's great, but undersized guards in this league, I'm just not a fan of. Uh, Case and Wallace. He's maybe I, I, okay. First of all, I saw six four somewhere, but I think he might drive the combine six two. Okay, so yeah, he doesn't really. Say, he's six four. That yeah. I've seen both six four and six two. If he were six two, I'd call that an undersized guard, but obviously still has a ridiculous wingspan. Garland isn't necessarily that case. He's more of a, they don't play the game the same way, but the, he's kind of the Trey Young mold, right? These undersized guards. I'd rather go with the plus size. Also, we've seen <laughs> that that could totally be a sounder. Uh, we also have seen what J Dub can do immediately his his rookie season <laughs> and uh, and what he's already the, the improvement he's already shown after bulking up uh, in this offseason season and, and coming into the season already. I'm going J Dub now and J Dub later. Again, another super homer take. But I really believe in this one. Uh, I'm just not that high on Garland. I'm not, I'm not super high on Garland either, but I mean, like if we're talking this season, you almost have to say like if a seven game playoff series started today, who do you want? 
it's Garland, not even close. J-Dub's awesome, but Garland is really damn good. Um, he gets hunted on defense. We've seen that a lot this year. He's been, he's been targeted by opposing offenses. The undersized kind of guard thing is catching up to him on that end, but like the dude is really damn good on offense. I think that it's him now and, and probably, probably dub later, but I don't think it's like a obvious dub later. Ooh. That's fair. I, I would, I think I would like Garland if he was able to handle the ball more and not be relegated to, you know, more of the spot up stuff since Donovan Mitchell handles the ball a ton. I think uh, flipping Mitchell or at some point, if you think he's going to leave, empowering yeah, Garland a little bit more. Season, you might get that, Silva. Right. Um, yeah, I'd probably go Garland now, dub pretty easily later. I just re- very high on dub long term. All right. Next one. This is for Nick specifically. This one could be really funny, actually. Uh, Nick, DeAndre Ayton or Tari Eason? It's going to get toxic quickly. Do we factor in contracts or no? Like, who would you rather have? Is contract part of it? Yeah, I think I think that's fair. Because, yeah. Tari's a better bang for your buck. Uh, cheap rookie deal. Uh Probably equally as impactful as DeAndre Ayton. Uh, stats won't say that. No, like it's another one of the. He's, he's kind of like a Kenny Hustle. Like you can't look at the box score and mm-hmm. and get your full thing. Um, we saw him in summer league. Like I don't, I don't think that's a hot take right now, Nick. It's more of an indictment on Ayton and right who he is at this and, point. And Ayton, Ayton, he he gets he gets slandered on Twitter. He's not as bad as people make him out to be. Um, dominating i think battle here in the chat you can't get in the nuance like silva says like what does your roster look like do you need a center or a four like i would still probably go eight and today because he's actually balled out in the playoffs before um and like he's been like maybe not a number one guy but like a two or three tari's more of a role player today um i'd go eight and today i'd still probably go eight and long term too to be honest Ooh. That's fair. One went number one, and the other went in like the late teens, early twenties. It was a good bait question. Yeah, uh, Jacob, you're next. Yeah, you'll love this one. Josh Giddy or Alperin Shangun? Oh, God, <laughs> <laughs> Shangun's been good. Like, don't get me wrong, he's been really good. Both guys kind of feel like they need. They have like very specific roles. They're not as like malleable. You know, and this one is so hard because, like, the small sample size of this season, like, Shangun's been good this season. Uh, Josh has struggled this season. But going back to last year, like, it, it's, it's Josh and it's not really a question. Um, right now, it's like, it's kind of a toss up. It, it depends what your team needs. But I think in five years, it's Josh. Because what Shangun can do is play the five, and that's it. And I feel like Josh can, as he continues to grow, both like physically and just like maturity and like experience, I think he's going to be able to do so many different things for this team. One night you need him to score, he can be your guy. One night you need him just to be the connector and facilitate, he can be that guy. One night you need him to go get you like 13 rebounds. Again, like I know it's one game, but 
but that playing game told me a lot about Josh. Like he was freaking incredible in that game. And in five years, I'm, I think I'm taking Josh for sure. Right now, I think it kind of depends on what your team needs. If you need a center, like Shangun has been really good at facilitating and kind of running the show. Uh, if you don't need a center, I think it's very easily you go Josh. It was a calm, level-headed take by you. Any disagreements? Uh, I will take Josh long-term. I will take Shingun today. Uh, he's playing better than Josh today. He's had a better season than Josh. Uh, I think one of the things that Josh does really well is pass the ball. I don't have numbers in front of me, but Shingun is either at the same level in terms of assists or better. Uh, solid rebounder. Starting to put together kind of a mid-range bag. He's not quite the three-point shooter you need to be, but neither is Josh. Uh, I mean, he's kind of like a center version of Josh that's like two inches taller. True. No, I agree. And I think the biggest thing for him being, is getting Being completely uh, different positions, they're not that different of players, which is kind of weird to say. You're No, I think you're spot on. And, and I think, um, I mean, the Rockets bringing in a new coach and then playing through uh, Shangun here on the offensive side of the ball has been has unlocked a lot of different things for him. Uh, so did I say Shangun wrong? <laughs> oh, okay, okay, good. Uh, Nick's laughing at me every time I talk. I feel like Nick's <laughs> laughing at something. It's just the podcast uh, tonight, thankfully, and it is not me mispronouncing names. Nick's been scheming all night. I, I know he really has. <laughs> all oh, that being boy. said, I do love how the Rockets are playing through Shangun. I think that's opened up a lot for them. But I agree with both of you. Like long term, I'm taking Josh Giddy 110. percent Yeah, I, I, I kind of worry about having um, a a more pl- like plotting traditional center as one of your main guys, unless you are like incredible, like a Jokic Embiid type. I, I just worry about the archetype long term, what that looks like in the playoffs. Like, is he going to get attacked relentlessly, put in the pick and roll? I don't know. We'll see. True. I'm also and a bit of a hater when it comes again, to Again, uh, I, I think about – now I'm going on my Rockets' side, but like what the Rockets did this past offseason, bringing in veteran players and, and really pushing for wins. And like, mm-hmm. yeah, Shangun's going to look quite a bit better uh, within the flow of the offense compared to the Thunder taking a more patient approach and letting Josh kind of work out some of these struggles. And we already have seen it pay dividends here within the first 11 games, very small sample size. So that's something else that kind of comes to mind when we think about this comparison. All right. Next one, Taylor. Tyrese Maxey or Trey Young? Ooh. Oh, this is super easy. Maxey. He's been so <laughs> phenomenal. Again, like uh, yeah. you're given this, uh, we're going strictly vibes here in, yep. in this segment. Uh, no stats. Maxey's been phenomenal. The best thing that happened to him was James Harden being traded, it getting to, just run the show that 50 point explosion that he had here. What was that? Was that this week or was that late last week? Daily kind of starting to last week. Yeah. Yeah. Regardless. Uh, he wasn't as good tonight, but neither was Embiid. I can't remember if the Sixers on the, uh, Sega Baba, <laughs> but I, I think they might be on the second night of back to back back. I can't remember. They didn't play very well against the Celtics tonight. Regardless. Maxie's been phenomenal. He's facilitating. He's scoring, impacting the game at a high level. He's defending. I'm not the biggest Trey Young fan, even though I love him for being from Norman. I mean, it's it's Maxie easy now and five years from now. I think I'm with you. Yeah. Maxie's awesome. Nick, Jaden McDaniels or Jabari Smith Jr.? 
That's a fun one. That's a really fun one. I'm giving it to the draft guru of our podcast. I like that. Uh, it's it's a it's a hard one long term, like really hard. (laughs) (laughs) Go go go! Um, I think Jaden today because like the defense is like game changing. Like you plug him anywhere, like dude is changing the game on defense. As long as he's not punching inanimate objects, he's yes or pulling 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 on the jersey of somebody and starting a fight. Um. Jabari was supposed to be that coming out of college and like has not been good defensively. Mostly um, like, like Jabari came out and it was like, you know what? This guy is a phenomenal defender that can switch on anybody. And if the offense comes around great, like the defense isn't bad. Um, I think Jabari will figure it out with time. He's got a competent roster around him, probably a better coach, uh, Dude was a number one pick until he wasn't a number one pick. Like I think you got to go with him long term. He's he's a year removed from being damn near the number one guy. I love yeah. what we saw in Vegas too. I mean, and that kind of translated early on to the season. He's taken a, a little more of a more specified role with that Rockets offense, which I think is promising. Right? He's not complaining. Uh, he he's played that role well. I'm with you, Nick. Uh, the talent upside's there. Okay, Jacob. It's your guy. It's Scotty Barnes or Cade Cunningham. Oh, man. Another great one. Right now, it's Scotty. I don't think you can argue. Agreed. Yeah, right now, it's Scotty. Scotty has been phenomenal this year. Like His numbers are insane. Scotty wasn't been... great last year. It's worth pointing no. out. Right. For sure. Um, I'm pulling up Scotty's numbers this season real quick for you guys. In 10 games... He is averaging 10 points, 10 rebounds, five and a half assists. Jesus, 1.8 steals and 1.8 blocks. That's That's crazy. 46% from the field, 34% from three on five and a half attempts a game. He's shooting four free throws a game. He's been awesome. And none of that talks about his defense. Long-term. I think Cade has the higher ceiling. Can he achieve it, though? Like, there's been injury problems. Uh, just Detroit has just kind of been stuck in the mud. I might go Scotty on both answers, now and five years. Like, again, I think Cade yeah. might have the higher ceiling, but who do I think is more likely to hit that ceiling? I think right now I might choose Scotty. Yeah, Cade's just like not on a modern roster type right now. Like he has no space really to do what we would envision Cade doing in like a Luca esque role. Yeah, I think that's fair. Scotty, I just I've been blown away by what Scotty Barnes has done this season, especially yep. given like that that Toronto team. I I agree completely. He's been awesome. I'm probably hey, taking both, both those Cade teams you mentioned could be uh, Zach Levine trade destinations that's true should they be though that's so gross that's, that's, yeah. that's the better <laughs> question nick it just feels like doing trading what with the bull did to get to this point is yeah. trading for a guy that you don't you're not ready to contend but you still want to be a contender and you're gonna uh, no i wonder if detroit fills the especially 
GM Troy Weaver feels the pressure to do something to get some wins in order to save his job. Do something with Ivy because you're not playing him that much. He was he was I legitimately think sick. Such a poor decision, but I think that's the type of short-sighted decisions GMs who are on the hot seat make. I agree. Mm. Taylor, SGA, or Devin Booker? Oh, you have Taylor at Thunder one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, that's why I hated this. Um, I mean, right now I'm taking Devin Booker. Wow. Um, he he's proven it in the playoffs. It's that simple. We haven't seen Shea in the playoffs yet. I have no doubt that Shea could do it. But at the same time, like they have dip, they have similar games in in the sense that they can uh, score from all three levels on the court. I would argue Shea's a better defender right now, as we talked about at the top of the podcast. However, we've seen Booker just go crazy supernova. Like even in a regular season game, I don't think Shea's ever going to score. What was it, 72, 74 points? Something like, like that, Booker yeah. is just the epitome of a score. It has a little bit of that Kobe in him. At the same time, the versatility and the two-way play of Shea, that is why even it, with the major Homer Emmy, as I've uh, prefaced so much during this segment of the podcast, I'm going with Shea long-term because I think long-term we're talking about, again, another superstar-level player playing here in OKC, hopefully leading them to championships, but at least championship contention. Um, but right now, that, that, I think that's why I'm leaning Booker, even though I don't want to. I'm just going to say I'm flabbergasted. I thought you were going to say, oh, you Shay, Shay, Shay now, Shay later. Later. <laughs> Should have given me Michael Jordan versus Shay Silva. <laughs> Devin Booker's so good. So Nick, good. do you agree with both of those? Uh, I, I agree that like Devin Booker has the scoring ability to take over a game, for sure. Um, health. I know it's more of a recent thing, but like Che had the same issue a couple of years ago. Like Devin hadn't played a whole lot. Um, Devin wasn't first team all NBA. Devin was not as good last year. Devin was not as high MVP voting. Like if we're going on, who do you want right now? Like Shea has been the better player. I look at the defensive side of the ball as well. The last 365 days, Shea Gildas Alexander has been better than Devin Booker. And there's no debating it. Does that mean he's a better player overall? I don't know. Like, that's up for debate, but like, Shea's been better. What's the age difference between the two? It's not much, is it? Booker is 27 and 16 days. Shea is, get this out of my page, 25 and 126 days. So, a year and a half younger. Booker's just had like insane playoff highs. Like, Mm -hmm. he gets better in the playoffs. Like by quite a bit, it seems like. Scoring. Scoring. Yes. Yeah. But there's time. There's time. Any more? We have two more, actually. Okay. Look, um, let's see. I'm going to give. This one should be Nick's, I think. Yeah. Both of these are from Nick, I think. I'm trying to decide which one I want to. <laughs> Nick, Nick, Thunder or NBA? What do you think? NBA. Jamal Murray or Tyrese Halliburton? <clears throat> Man. That's a very That's similar one to one. last time. Like Nick's had some great ones on this list that he Hallie is is like on the rise. Like I am here as a not as a star, like a superstar. But Halliburton's twenty three years old, bro. He is bonkers good. But if if you give me healthy Jamal in the playoffs, 
I actually don't know how many guards in this league I'd rather have. Like Steph Curry, and that might be it. Like even it, I, I might take Jamal Murray over Luca in the playoffs. Like Jamal Murray is bonkers good in the postseason. True. And for that reason, I'm gonna take Jamal. Uh, I think in like an 82 game regular season, I might take Hallie. It's like more fun, more flashy, the young guy coming up. But love the stats. Love the yeah, he, dude. Unreal efficiency in terms of like taking care of the ball and IQ. Uh, still has that funky ass three pointer that like every time he shoots it, I'm like, oh, and then he goes really in. Strange. Yep. Kind of like Shea early in his career had a really funky shot. I think those guys are like very similar trajectories, frankly. Uh, but I'm I'm still taking Murray now. I'm taking Halliburton long term. I'm taking Murray now. I think that's the right answer. Murray Murray's young. He's kind of like Devin Booker as well. Like I don't. I mean. Hallie's 23, Devin, or uh, Jamal Murray's not super old either. Like, what is he, 25, 26? Let me see. We're already going super low. But just like a quick aside here, it's something I keep thinking about, like Shea versus, versus Murray's Booker. almost 27. Wow. Oh, okay. okay. That is interesting. Like, still 26. Mm-hmm. But, like, what if Halliburton was in the playoffs? We haven't seen it yet, but what if he was? What if Shea was in the playoffs? We'd be saying he's way above Devin Booker. Like, you know, that's kind of the thing here. Uh, yeah, like, there's a lot really of context won. involved. Mm-hmm. What yeah. if? Yeah. What if? What, what if the Sacramento Kings would have made the playoffs the last 17 years? <laughs> what if? You know? Tyrese has a free uh, agent destination. Tyrese has some issues on defense to work out also. He's like pretty dang bad on that end right he now. Has, but he has the tools and the link to be good, though. He does. Last one goes to Jacob. It is. Kaysen Wallace versus Dyson Daniels. No, I think the answer is Kaysen, right? Sample size is so small compared to Dyson's already been in the in the league for a year now. Um, what's Dyson doing this year? I just remember whenever he played against the Thunder no. the other night, it wasn't good. Dyson is 45% from the field, 35% from three, um, 56% from the free throw line. Eight points, five rebounds, three assists. That's about what Kaysen Wallace is doing. And I think Kaysen's about a year younger. Uh, it's so hard to say right now because it's such a small sample size for both guys. Like, Can you get a sample size counter on this guy tonight? How many? How many yeah, times it's a, out of his I mouth? know. I've said it a lot. Um, Long term, I probably go Dyson Daniels. I just think there's more in the bag there. Right now, I might go Kaysen, though. I just think the defense is so good and um, just that style of basketball Kaysen plays. I've never seen a dude hound the crap out of a guy, block his shot, rip it from him, sprint up court, and then stop because he wants to pass it to somebody else to run the offense. Like, all Kaysen wants to do is go out there and be a dog. And that's it. And I love it. Yeah, I could see I could see betting on Dyson's upside like long term. Kind of in a funky situation in New Orleans, but I'd probably go Kaysen on both. Interesting. Myself. Okay. That's it. We're done. Let me scroll past all these uh, Rick and Morty memes that Nick has put in our outline. Make sure we didn't miss anything. Does anyone have any I really thought that was Silva? I love no. that, that was Nick. That's amazing. It was coming from. Anyone have any closing thoughts before we get the hell out of here on a Wednesday? Should be an exciting three games between now and the next time we're on the show together on Sunday. Two is, Sun, is Sunday our next one? Yep. Their post game? I got a post game tomorrow. 
post game tomorrow night, and then we won't pod again until Sunday night. Late show Sunday, because I think the Portland game tips at 7 Central? 8 Central, something like that. So we won't go live until after the game is over. And then Friday, Taylor's breaking down the Spider-Woman trailer. Oh, cool. We'll go live for that, and it'll be great. (laughs) Thank you guys for joining us in the live stream, leaving comments, participating in the discussion. Uh, Very weird night for us. Hey, make uh, sure you go get the go get the shirt. Go get, go the, get shirt. the world tour shirt. Check the description of this episode you're listening to. It'll probably be in there. Check it out. Justin, thank you again for dropping that one during the show. Um, all right, we're out of here. Adios. See you tomorrow and Sunday. And thunder up. <laughs>